Hey, everybody. It's Allie Legg, manager of Empower Moms here at Moms for America. We thank you so much for joining our um, homeschool mom-to-mom webinar today. Uh, today's a very hot topic. We're going to be talking about critical race theory and what that looks like. Um, brought to you by Miss Liz. She's going to lead this meeting. <laughs> and I'm just here for support. So uh, please make sure you put your comments or questions into the, into the chat box. If you have any questions or anything like that, we'll be willing to answer and I'll be handling that. Um, and just in case Z gets off by accident, she's got mm. some wind going on in her area. So if she loses connection, don't worry. You still have me as, as your anchor. So <laughs> we're all good. All right, Liz, go ahead. Take it away. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Um, my name is Liz Ackerman, and we started our homeschooling journey 40 years ago. We have six children, and they were they all learned at home um, because we our kids are spread out in age. I had kids around for about 36 years, so um, I was in the trenches for quite a while, and I now have grandchildren being homeschooled. Um, it is, it's so important. It's, it's a, a important part of my heart. And I'm still, I think I'm an educational entrepreneur, always looking for options. What's a good way there? And there are so many these days. It is wonderful. So saluting all of you. I know it's not easy. I know there are those days. Um, but we wanted to make this a place where homeschooling moms could come. They could, we could learn together. We could share things together. It's a place where you're welcome to express your views. Um, just, um, yes, educational entrepreneur. Um, there's so many cool things going on these days. So feel that you're welcome. Your comments are welcome. We all know there are those days when you could just cheerfully I don't know, send your children off to the circus or something, but, um, but we're here and we're going to make, we're making it work. Um, before we get started, um, just wanted to let you know about a wonderful event going on with Moms for America, their gala coming up the weekend of March 24th down in Branson, Missouri. It's going to be a wonderful dinner and they're uh, in, uh, awarding their People of Influence Award. Kirk Cameron is going to speak and, and several others. Sam Sorbo, who is also with Moms for America, doing Schools Out uh, podcasts and um, all blogs, etc. So if you want to come, my, I am authorized by our vice president to offer you a free ticket to the gala. And if you want to bring somebody else, they can uh, have a Ticket at $50. So yeah, go on the website. It's right, it pops right up. You can find out more about it. And I'm hoping to go and give gathering some people here. So we're going to go and get recharged. And there's music. Um, I love music, love to sing. So um, it's going to be a live concert after the presentation and the dinner. So anyway, think about that. Um, look on the website and see if it's something you want to do, right? It's, uh, it's located right on Lake of the Ozarks. So anyway, um, 
Also, we are going to be talking about uh, critical race theory and um, what moms and parents can do. Um, yes, thank you, Z. Um, you can go on the Moms for America website and on the main page, just scroll down a little bit and there are free downloads of the um, critical race theory booklet and uh, parental rights. And we'll be talking more about those, but those are for free. You can also buy them at the mom store, but if you want to download them for free, there you go. So let me share my screen and hope I can figure this all out. Um, so here we are, homeschooling mom to mom connection, February 20th. Days are get have been getting longer for two months, ladies. Isn't that great? Okay, so our topic, oops, I'm sorry. I'm gonna, okay, critical race theory. What is it? Where is it? And what can we do? So let me go to the next slide. Um, critical race theory is a lens through which people view America and our history and how we are today. For example, the 1619 Project, and I took this right off the New York Times website, um, is an ongoing initiative from the New York Times Magazine that began in August 2019, the 400th anniversary of the beginning of American slavery. And it aims to reframe the country's history by placing the consequences of slavery and the contributions of Black Americans at the very center of our national narrative. So this has already been critiqued for inaccuracy on both sides of the aisle, various um, uh, his, uh, people of various political leanings. Um, and there is, if you go to Hulu, they have just come out with a six part series on the 1619 Project. Um, and I saw the trailer and there's a little comment or there, um, the woman that that wrote or compiled this this book um, is talking about the fact that there should be black rep, reparations play, paid to to the present um, black population, and they were talking about well how much, and the one person said well what about three billion, so it's it's kind of like we're a little bit out of balance. Yes, there have been. Um, there, slavery is a terrible institution, and Black Americans have contributed in many ways. But we're getting it out of balance if that's all we talk about and we reframe our country's history in in the lens of slavery and nothing else. Um, Z, if you would put up a link, the link um, it's YouTube. And it, this is a link to Thomas Sowell's video. Thomas Sowell is a Black um, economist, historian, writer. He is 90, and someday we're going to lose him, which is going to be sad. But um, this is a, um, a short video of a longer um, presentation that he does. It's like two hours, and it's called The History of Slavery. And he talks about how slavery has existed for millennia and um, that it was through the efforts of America and England that 
it was finally pushed back on and slowly but surely brought to an end. And so it helps get a different, a more balanced view. Um, so Z will put that link up. And um, yes, it's, it's it, the title of the video is, uh, I think it's eight things that, about slavery that you don't learn in school. Um, so, and also Z, if you could put up the link to um, a Carol Swain. Carol Swain is a professor, highly respected. She started out, she's a black lady. She started out dirt poor. By the time she was 20, she'd already had three children and very difficult relationships. Um, this is a PragerU five minute video. Um, and it's what I can teach you about slavery and racism. So the thing with, the 1619 project can be that it's again out of balance and we need to bring all these pieces in and yes have there been terrible things in our country's history of course but is that what we want to um emphasize over and over and over i'm not sure how helpful that is so um <clears throat> so going on i thought well there's critical race theory. Well, what in the world is critical theory? Um, so I said, okay, what is critical theory? So I kind of step back. Critical theory is a social philosophy that aims to assess and critique embedded power structures within society. It's not just, okay, this is what this is, this particular institution or whatever. It's, okay, how, we, how can we change this? And let me just go on to the next one. Um, the critical aspect of critical theory um, seeks to highlight societal structure and injustices and liberate individuals from the circumstances that enslave them. And this is Max Horkheimer, who was one back in the 30s. He started this, um, this whole theory. So, okay, so what we have, there's critical language theory, there's critical race theory, there's critical, I can't even remember, but it's coming at it from, there's a problem, it's the institution, we need to fix it. Um, so here we go on to critical race theory. Okay, so critical race theory is an academic concept that's about, a little over 40 years old. And the core idea is that race is a social construct and that racism is not merely the product of individual bias or prejudice, prejudice but also something embedded in legal systems and policies. So again, you have the system is broken. We have to change the system. We have to change how we educate people. We have to change the laws even though there are laws already on the books prohibiting discrimination, um, renting, et cetera, based on race. <clears throat> so I hope that is a little bit, um, and it's a little bit of an explanation of this whole thing. Um, so going on, um, sorry, next one here. All right. Oh dear. Um, all right. 
Sorry, guys, be patient here. Um, okay, one more, get that up. Patience. All right, in the documentary film, Truth and Lies in American Education, Dr. Carol Swain, who I talked about, explains that Dr. Martin Luther King had a vision that we would be judged by the content of our character rather than the color of our skin. And many people wonder, where is he in this critical race theory debate? Well, I have news for you. He has been canceled. Who canceled him? The political left, because they want us to be judged by the color of our skin, not the content of our character. So it's kind of like we're taking these steps back. Um, anyway, it's kind of where we are there. Um, now the next one, just very gently move this up. Back. All right, sorry guys, patient. Okay, so we have Ibram X. Kendi, um, who is a loud voice in the um, critical race theory, pushing this whole, um, we need to look at life and society through the lens of racism, racist. And his thought in his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, the only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination. And the only re remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. And the only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. It's like, whoa, I thought we wanted to stop this whole thing. Um, so yes, <clears throat> um, it's now becoming difficult to be a white male because you're, it's harder to get into universities, et cetera, and so many things, because now the pendulum seems to be swinging to the opposite direction. So yeah, here we are. Um, so um, yes, uh, the next one, oh golly. Okay, so we hear in this debate, we hear a lot of different words. We hear the terms diversity, equity, and inclusion. We hear the terms ethnic studies. We hear the term white privilege. We hear oppressor or oppressed. These words get thrown around a lot. Um, so Z, if you could put up the link to the Moms for America podcast with Callie Fontanelli. Callie Fontanelli is, I think she is a biracial lady. I think she's Jamaican and white. Um, and she was a teacher in California, loved it, but she just bumped into so much of, of this, these terrible things going on. So um, the moms, um, this, this um, link is, um, a link to a mom's article, um, five ways that CRT is showing up. And Callie said in this article, it says that there is, the students get a privilege test. How are you privileged? Are you, and they just give all these things. Are you white? Are you uh, heterosexual? Are you Christian, whatever? Or are you a minority? Are you an immigrant? Are you this or that? And you're tested 
as to what, um, what is your privilege? Um, how much privilege do you have supposedly? And it's kind of like, if you are privileged, somebody, um, if you get some privilege, somebody else doesn't. Um, not like we can't all have various privileges together. Um, talking about second one is oppressors versus oppressed. That that's kind of how Marx saw everything. Karl Marx, you had the, uh, the capitalist oppressor class and you had the oppressed class. You're a victim or you're a victimizer. So, you know, your kids are bumping into that. And, you know, moms, even though you may be homeschooling or you probably are homeschooling and you think, oh, my kids are not exposed to this. It's everywhere. It is there. If you manage to shield them from these ideas, their friends are not. And so they will hear it from their friends. Um, they will see it on on media, social media, television, movies, etc. So it's just be become aware. Um, the next thing um, that's pointed out in in this um, article is the term equity, which I did not put up here. Equity it means um, equal outcomes not equal opportunities. None of us are equal. You give us all, put us all in the same starting line and we're all going to finish differently. We all have different desires. We all have different makeup. We all have different abilities. Um, so to try and force an equal outcome is something that goes against human nature. Um, all right. And then again, it's not obvious a teacher or a school district can say, we're not teaching any of this, but you have buzzwords that sneak in like some of these, uh, white privileges, oppressor, oppressed. There are often surveys where, you know, how big is your house? How many bedrooms do you have? What is your religion? Um, all these different intrusive uh, questions that we just need to be careful about. Um, all right, so um, Z, then if you would please put up the next link, which is the podcast um, that our vice president did, Debbie Kralitis did with Alvin Liu. Um, he is of Chinese descent and his great-grandfather had a bakery in China and he spoke out against Mao and he was a group broke into his bakery, dragged him out and beat him. And as he said, it was not the police, it was the college students, it was the Red Guard. And do we not see college students, young people being enlisted in all this to fight against those that are speaking up or have differences of opinions. Um, I really appreciated um, an interview that I heard with Alvin Liu. I'm sorry, I don't remember how to pronounce his name. He started, he lived in California and he thought, oh my gosh, I see CRT raising its ugly head. I'm gonna move to the Midwest. I, it will be better there. So he moved to Indiana 
And lo and behold, there it was coming up. So he started a website called Courage is a Habit. And he has a lot of resources that you might want to take advantage of. And he talked about the fact that of language contamination, that you can take a word like empathy. And that sounds good, doesn't it? Empathy. We want to be considerate of everyone. And he said, well, it can be twisted or reframed that um, a girl in a locker room changing to go out on the sports field or whatever, if there, if a, a transgender young man comes in who feels he's a woman and wants to change there too, she should have empathy. And if she does not, then she is what transphobic or homophobic or whatever you want to to call um that um oh and safe um we used to think well safe means a child is safe in their home if their parents provide the food and the shelter and the basic decent upbringing well if you do not adhere to these the diversity, equity, inclusion, and all these different uh, buzzwords, then, or you're not safe. If you do not allow your child to express their own pronouns in your home, or if they feel like they want a breast binder and you say, no, you are a girl, let's help you become more at peace with being a girl, then you're not safe. Your home is not safe. And he made a very, it was kind of, to me, I thought it was a rather chilling comment. He said, if we can redefine a term, we don't need to change the laws. We just mess with the language. So that was very concerning. Um, he also said that there's this effort is to divide the parents and the children. And he said, this is the, the playbook of all revolutions. You split, the, you just create a gulf between the parents and the children, which is why we see sometimes um, in some school districts, certainly not all, but if a child feels they want to change their pronouns, they will be allowed to do that at school and the teachers will keep that information from their parents. In fact, some schools, and not all, just a very few, but there are places where a child can go and they have a, a spot where a child can change into clothing that they feel is more reflective of who the, what their gender really is. And again, these are not, the, the parents aren't informed. So um, right now they are very few, but it's just good to be aware of. Um, all right, so talked about what it is we talked about where it is it seems to be all over um just sneaking in in various ways um so um z if you would put up the link for it's a mom's article on four ways that we can safeguard our children and i will go over those so if you find that this is going on in your school, and granted, 
uh, you ladies are not homeschooling. I'm sorry, you're not, don't have your kids in the public school, but you have friends that do. Um, and what you can do is look for an exit. Is there, can you, <laughs> this is drastic, but can you move? Um, can you find a charter school? Can you form a pod school or a mini school? Like I say, I, I'm an educational entrepreneur and there are so many options that are available to people these days. So look for an ex exit. Um, again, demand academic transparency and boundaries. Um, Z, if you wouldn't mind putting up the link to the Moms for America Parental Rights Guide. Parents have a lot of rights and a lot of times they're not aware. Um, but I was in our cottage meeting uh, last week, we were talking about the fact that parents have the right to visit their classes that, that their children are in. And the moms were saying, yeah, but you they put all these hoops up. You've got to have a background test. You've got a background check and on and on and on. It's not like you can just walk in and say, oh, today I'd like to visit Johnny in his math class. Um, yeah, it's it's not that easy. So, uh, but demand academic transparency. You have a right, a home, a mom has a right to view all the curriculum. And sometimes they may kind of try and say, oh, but it's copywritten or whatever, but you have that right. So, um, and if any of you moms have your kids kind of where they're taking a class or two in the local school district, uh, like choir or whatever, um, just, just be aware. Um, and then there's a wonderful move towards school choice, which is allowing um, parents to have access to some of the per pupil funding. I know that that has happened in Arizona, I think Iowa and Utah. So that's something that can be pushed for. Um, also, um, just exercise your faith and your prayers and Talk to your kids, even homeschooling moms, and you probably do this anyway, but pray with your kids, or if that is not something you do in your family, talk to your children. Um, help them um, learn to respect themselves and others. Vital. Um, see, just looking at my notes here. Um, Okay, so I'm going to go on. All right. Uh, there we go. Um, this is a wonderful book that I have had recommended to me for a long time and have never read it. So I finally checked it out. Um, Booker T. Washington was born into slavery. He lived in a little hut, probably smaller than a lot of our living rooms on a dirt floor. Um, he had a mom and a sister. He thought his father might have been some white guy that lived in a plantation down the way, um, but he didn't know. And he became, despite all these difficulties, he um, was helped by whites to learn to read. He, um, he talks about the fact that 
after the Civil War was over, during the Reconstruction period, there were many white people that came down and helped form schools and things to educate the Black people. And his praise for them is just really something. He said they were selfless, that um, uh, another quote that I did not put on here, but I shared in our cottage meeting was, he said, when the history of the South is written, and I hope it will be, their deeds will be memorialized and praised. He just had such praise for those that came and helped the Black race and those that had just had no opportunity for learning. Um, even basic things like how to use a toothbrush. Um, so, yes, slavery was an awful institution, but if we do not give some balance to it, and that there were many people of all races that helped um, the Blacks step out of that horrible situation and start to climb. Booker T. Washington went to Hampton Institute. He eventually uh, taught there, and then he started Tuskegee Institute. This was an incredible man. Um, and I, I like this quote where he said, I have always been made sad when I've heard members of my race claiming rights and privileges or certain badges of distinction on the ground simply that they were members of this or that race, regardless of their own individual worth or attainments. Every persecuted individual and race should get much consolation out of the great human law, which is universal and eternal, that merit, no matter under what skin found, is in the long run, run recognized and rewarded. So to just try and, and uh, eliminate um, and call that it's too white to uh, probably maybe have even seen that, that trying to achieve is a white cut, uh, one of those white characteristics that we want to do away with. That's just kind of, I don't know, cutting the ground out from under people. And you've probably heard that some school districts were not telling about who won national merit scholarships because they didn't want other people, other students to feel bad. So and not recognizing merit and not recognizing hard work. So this is, at least in my mind, not a good idea. Liz, if I may, I want to sure. just one, one thing really quick about that. The merit issue is they're saying that that celebrating merit is white supremacist. So that's another one of those buzzwords that is coming around saying that everything yes. is white supremacist. Everything leads back to white supremacy, that America's founding was based on white supremacy. And that's not true at all. Um, I posted a link in here. I don't know if it worked, but I can post it again. Um, the Liberty First, Liberty First Society by Chris Ann Hall and her husband. She oh, is yes. a constitutional attorney and she travels the entire country teaching people our foundational principles. And one of the um, uh, sections in her on, in her website and this like college basically that she has, she teaches you about our founding and the significance of slavery and what that looked like in the early 1600s, 1700s, when our founding was first uh, brought up. Um, and it, it will completely blow your mind. It blew mine. And I texted her and I'm like, listen, I just want to thank you because every time I hear you speak, I learn something new, but then I'm always upset afterwards because I should have 
known this years ago and not have learned it at the age of 36. So it's going to blow your mind. Um, There are a lot of Black founders that we have um, in America that we don't discuss. And that's not because of white supremacy, right? It's because of, you know, academia, the people that create our textbooks are purposely leaving these things out. And I don't, for whatever reason, understand why. And until we get to the bottom of that, then we can change how history is actually taught here. But then you have governors like here in Florida, we have Governor Ron DeSantis, who is really trying to force academia to change our textbooks by pushing back on um, civics textbooks that have been brought forward to uh, for adoption through the Board of Education here in Florida. And he had them push it back and said, no, we're not talking about the 1619 Project. It is not listed, in fact, at all. Um, so you need to go back and rewrite the book. And when it has proper, actual, correct history and information, then we'll approve it. Until then, it's denied. I mean, he got a lot of flack for that. So um, the whole point of this of this webinar, and I'll let you I'll let you finish. But what I wanted to say is that we're equipping you with the information that you need so that you can inoculate your own children. Right. Inoculate yourself with the false information that is out there so that you can then go out and tell other people the truth. We have to be founded and stand firm in the truth that we know. And when you know something for sure, then you're able to speak from the heart and through, you know, understanding that this is actual with confidence that this is true. And I myself have had my own experience with CRT. My children have had their own experience with CRT. We're a multi-ethnical, multi-ethnic family. We're very, I, I just, everyone asks, I'm American. That's it. I mean, my mom is a first generation American. She's Spanish, um, Puerto Rican. She's white. She's um, Indian, but like from Puerto Rico, so Taino Indian. And then my dad is Irish, Black, um, and Native. So we have like this mix of within my own family. So my father's darker, my mom is lighter, and me and my brother are both darker and lighter. So a lot of people didn't think we were related because he's lighter looking like my mom and I'm darker looking like my dad. And growing up, I lived in Lawton, Oklahoma, which is a very small rural town. And we went to move to, you know, very inner city, New Jersey, East Orange, New Jersey. And I wasn't black enough for the black kids. I wasn't because I spoke white and I would get called that all the time. They called me Barbie and because I sounded like, I guess, to them, a white girl. So it was like, why do you speak white? Why do you talk like that? Why are you trying to get good grades? Like this was back when I was a kid. So we've been dealing with it with a lot for a lot longer than what we would like to admit. Um, and then when I was running for office, I was because I was defending all of our um, our ethnicities, like, you know, basing what we do on merit and character is better than basing off of skin deep. Right. Because you can be of Latino descent and be light skin or you can be black and be light skin. And ha- you know what I mean? So there, there are so many different aspects to this and just keeping it down based on one color, whether you're oppressed or oppressor or white supremacists based on your color, it's re- completely ridiculous. Um, we're all God's creator creation, right? We're all of the same race. We're all human. Uh, we all bleed the same red blood. Uh, we just have different perspectives and that should be you know, taken into account, but it doesn't mean that everything and everybody is racist. Um, and, and for my husband and my husband, he's, you know, he's Irish, he's native Indian, 
and you know we're we're this this blended beautiful family and to have imagine what that does to adopted families to have this kind of um ideology put into their heads whether it's at school at work extracurricular activities this is literally everywhere so making sure that you understand where it comes from what it is who created it why it's there you're able to kind of inoculate yourself and your children um and the other people around you by giving them the truth so and that's my little spiel sorry <laughs> oh no don't be sorry oh what a wonderful mix you are <laughs> Yeah, oh my goodness. You have to, for sure. oh, that is thank you. Thank You're you welcome. very much for 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 that. Um yes. I, I had all these to you had, at school board and, and defending all of this. You were called I was called white supremacist and blackface. I was called Uncle Tom. I was called a race okay. traitor, like all of these horrible names. But you know what? I know who I am and I know that what I do is important. And I know that my actions and my character speak louder than what my skin color says to people so and it really is a, perce a perspective a perception thing like if you really feel that you can only am amount to certain things because of the color of your skin that's all you'll see and what we keep hearing especially from and i hate to put it this way but it is true from white liberal women telling black people how oppressed they are tell me that yes. that's not racist it yes. is so racist like you yes. think that low of people of color that you're going to tell them that you that they can't achieve anything because of the color of their skin because of what happened in 1700 excuse me yes. we had our first black congress in 1700 so but there's that but nobody knows that because nobody's willing to look outside of the box and go further than the first two pages of google so <laughs> <laughs> oh Ellie, you're wonderful thank you thank yeah, you it is just Oh, um, and I don't have links for this, but there are two different movies. One is called Uncle Tom and one is called Uncle Tom 2. And it was done by a black man and a white man. Um, and they're just talking about, wait a minute. In the early part of the 20th century, the black people were pro were prospering. Their families were intact. They were doing really well. Um, yes, there was Jim Crow, and yes, that that had to go, and it's slowly going. Um, but they were doing well, and then you had um, Johnson and his Great Society, and all the the civil rest, civil rights unrest, and now you have the fatherless black family, and and they're just. I, I think Allie would agree that this is one of the big problems, and and. So I don't know. It's, it absolutely. is. I absolutely agree. I think white supremacy on a list of, you know, what is plaguing the black community is not on it. It's not on it. And fatherless, fatherlessness is, is the number one that is plaguing the black community um, and being government dependent is number two. So yes, yes. I mean, if you really want to talk about what's disparaging, you know, our inner cities or our low income families, because it's low income, it's not about skin color. It's about not being able to have and not being able to see the opportunities that are available to you because you're you're so focused on your race and your color and not being able to do these things because of your race and your color and not thinking outside the box and thinking, well, how can I make a difference? What is available to me that I can make a difference? Yes. Um and that those are the things that we need to be teaching our kids. What a better way to set them up for success by telling them, hey, look, you can do this. It doesn't can, have to be based on your skin color. 
But when mm-hmm. we're completely removing the fact that they are able to do these things, whether or not people agree with them or whether or not people like them, because I don't care if you like me, can I do the job? Yes, yes. Right? Um, it doesn't matter. If, but by telling these kids that they can only amount to what they can by their skin color, we are completely removing their ability to achieve literally anything that they want. We're removing the ability to have the American dream from them. And that is extremely un-American. Um, and it, it disenfranchises all children, whether they're white, black, brown, yellow, purple, green. Doesn't yes. matter. Yeah, that's right. Oh my goodness. And oh yeah. And you know, you talk about, well, let me just do the last quote here. If I, okay. Alexander Solzhenitsyn, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. Um, Russian. And when um, the USSR, the uh, Russia was under communist rule, um, he spoke out against it and he got treated to eight years in the gulag prison camps up in northern Russia where it's freezing. Um, and he eventually won the Nobel Peace Prize. And so I wanted to end with this. Um, I think one of the most important things we can teach our children and ourselves is to, like Ellie was saying, to view each person as a child of God, or if that is not part of your vocabulary, as a unique and a important person. And um, as he said, the line separating evil. I'm sorry, good and evil that uh, didn't get put in there passes not through the, uh, I mean, um, not through the state, but uh, sorry, just got to get that out of the way here. Um, Not through states, nor between classes, nor between political parties either, but right through every human heart and through all human hearts. We all have the potential to be really to be creeps and to be cruel to one another. We all have the potential to be kind and uplifting. And that is that is the most important part because there have been terrible things done to members of all races and classes. Um, I My dad is first generation Irish. I, both of my, his parents came here from Ireland and I just saw a quote by Teddy Roosevelt calling the Irish this sodden, worthless grace of race of people. Thought, wait a minute. But you know, that to me is the most important thing that we can teach our children and ourselves. That we don't look at someone and say, Oh, that person has pink hair and tattoos and piercings, therefore they must be X. But no, they are a person. And whether they're white, green, polka dot, or whatever that we see them as a person and that we treat them with dignity and respect. Um, So that is my presentation. Um, I'll stop share. I see that we have tons in the chat. Um, If anyone would- Our chat has exploded. I love it. I love all the commentary. I thought this was really good. Um, You did a fantastic job. So thank you so much, Liz, for that. Um, oh, and we'll definitely so- try to get all of these links that are posted in here out to everybody um, so that you yeah. can have them. I do highly suggest reading the book um, by, um, I can't say his last name, but it is proper the way you said it. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. It's about the gulags. That That is a very Im- impressive book. Um, and I really think it should be required reading in our high schools. Yes. 
um, because yes. it does kind of shatter this narrative that, you know, only America is racist, that racism yeah. started with America. And that is it's, false. It's so. everywhere. I mean, we all, we all can be rotten. I mean, we Absolutely. all have that. And if you guys have never heard of it, I hate, I like, I know I'm doing all of these plugs like Chris Ann Hall, but another one um, that's very, he's a little more difficult to, to understand uh, intellectually. He's like more like up, up here. He's like at a level 10. (laughs) Um, So sometimes you might have to pause and like replay. So there's two people. There's one is um, Dr. Jordan Peterson. Oh, he's wonderful. He's He's a phenomenal psychologist. He's blown up over the last few years. Yes. Um, he's got some issues with Canada right now because of his, you know, yeah. like he, he has yes. been about the manipulation and mutilation of children when it comes to the gender ideology. And he talks about CRT, talks about all these things. But another yeah. one is Dr. James Peterson, not James Peterson, Dr. James Lindsay. Yes. Dr. Yes. James Lindsay. Another good also- one one of those that is way up here and even <laughs> I have to stop every 10 minutes maybe yes. and, like, and let it digest but he breaks down um CRT as well and where all of it comes from and it there are a lot of people with a lot of resources out there and I'll do my best to send them out to everyone so that you can have them um, yes yeah I'm seeing in the chat that somebody um, um, um Shelly I think there are a lot of links in the chat can these be put in a follow-up email Yes, um, yes, yes, I will do my very best. Yes, can this webinar be replayed later? Uh, that's going to get posted, isn't it? Yeah, um, it, yes, it will. It'll be posted. Uh, you have someone that would like to, to like to say something. I'm oh, please. Oh, sure. speak yes. Now. yes. James, James, yes, James, please James, speak. go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yes, hi. Hey, thank you so much for what you're doing. This is wonderful to have like-minded people sharing ideas. I mean, the scandal that's going on in our in our country and in public schools is just, it's, it's profound. And uh, I wanted to make a couple of recommendations of other books. One that is opening my eyes right now is by Pete Hegseth from Fox News in the Morning. Yes. It's called, it's called The uh, the Battle for the American Mind. And that, that is a yes. great book. wonderful overview of why we're in this situation. And then there's another one that I read recently uh, that opened my eyes to the spiritual side of all this. It's a it's a book called The Devil and Karl Marx. Oh, I've heard of oh, that. Wow. Yes, it uh, it, it uh, describes how at a at, it, as as a teenager, Marx was living in Germany in the 1930s, and he basically uh, committed his life's mission to Satan. Yeah, and so so it just kind of gives you an overview of you know why we're why why we're uh, uh, in this situation and, and the many different ways we need to fight it. But thank you so much for what you did here today. This is wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome, you. James. I mean, and what a better way to, to kind of segue into that is, you know, the only way that this this kind of comes to fruition is the absence of God. Because if you, and, and the way that you can kind of believe that God exists, right, is if there if there are people that are capable of complete and utter evil, then you have to understand that even in physics, everything has an equal or equal and opposite reaction. So if there are people in this world that are capable of absolute evil, then you have to believe that there are people that are capable of, of extreme goodness and extreme love. Um, and so that, that is kind of how you prove that, that God is real. Um, and that's how a lot of this stuff is able to, to kind of, 
to, to come to fruition is when too many good people do nothing. Right. And then, so I don't know how many believers we have in the room and I, I, I apologize, you know, for anyone that isn't, but I don't apologize for myself because it is what it is. Just you know, my people word. will perish for their lack of knowledge. And that is not just biblical. That is literal for anyone, whether you're a believer or not. So if you do not have the ability to teach yourself this information or information that you need in order for you to be successful or for you to, you know, in other words, inoculate yourself from falseness, then you are going to have to, you know, teach yourself these things. and. If not, then you yourself will perish under false falsities, right? Yes. So yes. It is, it is, it's important for you to have a good, strong foundation in faith and understand where you come from, understand whose you are, understand where all of this negative, evil, awful things come from so that you can counteract that with true, right? Truthfulness, with love, understanding, but being staying firm yes. in your own, you know, beliefs and foundation. So be grounded. Yes. Um, I'm just looking um, at the chat. Um, Celeste said, what was the name of the Gulag book again? It's called the Gulag Archipelago. Yes. Um, like, you know, an art, a string of islands, archipelago by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. You just put that in Google and it'll pop up. And he did an address at Harvard University many years ago. He's just an amazing, amazing man. Um, so I'm just looking... Um, Let's see, Jordan P. Oh, yes. Uh, Live Not by Lies. Uh, Shelly mentioned that. That's another excellent book where um, this man went over to Europe and interviewed those people and or the descendants of the people that live behind the Iron Curtain under communism. Mm. And they're they're kind of pulling their hair out because they're seeing, oh, man, the U.S. is going back down the same road toward totalitarianism. It's a really good book. I highly recommend it. Live Not by Lies. I like it. Um, oh, yes. And then um, Shelley said, in our Commonwealth, we had our middle schoolers read Red Scarf Girl. I've heard that recommended wow. as well. I heard that one was good too. Red Scarf. Um, and then Marilyn, I think Marilyn, um, will you be talking about homeschooling? How many hours do you have to teach a day for kindergarten? Do I have to record what I do each time and the um, time that I did it? Marilyn, this is my opinion. If you have a kindergartner, just live. Just yes. live and invite them to live an interesting life and invite them along with you and talk to them and tell them what you're doing and ask them questions, read lots of books. Um, just live. They're what, five and six? Live. Um I don't know, Allie, do you have any thoughts on that? I do. So I think, I think a lot of times we kind of, especially moms that are families that are, are coming from the, the traditional public school, yes. they want to implement yes. that same rigorous, mm -hmm. um, like time kept kind of uh, day, educational day. And that we've seen um, through scientific literature that that is not very good for yes. children. Yes. Um, and yeah. so for you, I would look up, um, maybe possibly looking into Montessori and how Montessori yes. schools do that. Yes. I would look mm -hmm. into unschooling and see what, what yes. kind of um, see if you're interested in something like that. Montessori is very child-led um, mm -hmm. and you can show them how to do things and have them mimic the behavior back and then give praise mm -hmm. for them completing it, whether they make a mess or not. Um, 
Yeah. I have a friend of mine who's been uns- unschooling forever. She uses a couple of apps every now and then. Like she was oh, one yeah. of the testers for ABC Mouse and she's on like her 10th kid with ABC Mouse. It's like insane. Yeah. But yeah. her oldest child didn't learn how to tie his shoes until he was about 13 or 14 because he just never had the will to want to tie his shoes. And she got a lot of complaints for it. But at the end of the day, she's like, look, he learned it when he felt he needed to. I was tired of tying his shoes. He was tired of waiting on me. And he just figured it out one day. Like it just, it is what it is. Um, But don't feel like you have to have a specific structure. Look at your state, your state. Yes. Yes. Find your state laws. On what homeschooling looks like for you in your state. For here in in Florida, all we have to do is uh, show progress. And that's, you can have like a certified teacher, either test your kid if you want them tested, or you can submit a portfolio. And it's really not that extensive. And we're Mm -hmm. actually looking at getting the most expansive um, school choice bill being passed here this session, where it includes homeschool and home education. And you have someone called a choice navigator, where the person that you choose as a parent, you can go and ask them, hey, I'm struggling. I don't know if what I'm doing is correct. Can you help me? I don't know if my kid is, you know, behind in this or behind in that. Is there something else that you can recommend? They're not there to like direct you. Um, like this is how you have to learn. It's more of a, mm-hmm. you know, a professional's opinion. Uh, like you would go to a doctor. So that's something that you would look into. So definitely look into your legislation and look into um, different forms of education. So Usually for us, it would only take about an hour, two hours out of the day mm-hmm. to teach our yeah. kids on any grade level, really. Um, yeah, it's really true. <laughs> they learn every, they're learning everything. They're learning how to have conversations. They're learning how to communicate. Mm-hmm. They're learning how to, you know, express their own feelings and their thoughts. And you can sit them down and have them trace things. I mean, it really is, it really is very simple um, or however complex you want to make it. Yeah, but make it, sure you're it meeting with your kid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let them see you enjoying to learn, learning yes. and just make it, this is fun. We are all learning and it's good and it's a happy thing. I'm just trying to, I know we're getting close to time, so I don't want to short anybody. Uh, Bree, is there a place to compile evidence of CRT or gender ideology on the Moms for America app? I don't know the answer to that question. Um, we do have resources. They are mm-hmm. under the, they should be under the Empower Moms tab. Oh, yes. Yeah. Where you can, you can write in. Where you and can say. find all of that information there. Mm-hmm. I'm working on a list right now for books um, to be aware of either in your public library, because it's funded, yeah. right? By public uh, by taxpayers or um, yes. the ones that are in our, our, our children's schools. Um, yes. Yeah. And as somebody in, yeah, and, and someone in my cottage meeting suggested, Go buy some good books and donate them, you know, to yes. the, so, and keep an eye out. Um, can, Nicole said, can anyone recommend a good high school curriculum? Any thoughts? Wow. There are so many. Um, I think that we should that just address. Might be, that might be a homeschool webinar. Yes, I think so. Okay. I, stay I tuned. think so. Yes, <laughs> stay, stay tuned. tuned. We're going to do uh, one yeah, for high Shelly school. Has, Shelly has wonderful ideas about um, uh, Maryland. Do they have to take tests? I think look in your school law, your your state laws. Um, our school day gets long because we always have long conversations about our Bible lessons, about our history. Oh, that's lessons. good. 
Oh, oh, and I would love a homeschool webinar. Yes. Okay, Allie, we're getting, and then Z is putting in Empower Moms. Have to head off. Tara, I'm so glad you're on. Um, for homeschooling, kids are motivated to learn. This is Terry McCoy. Are motivated to learn when they're invited to learn into areas of their interest or choice. Um, oh, That's thank true. you. Yeah, I mean. So also, we have another initiative here at Moms for America where I'm teaching cottage meetings for kids. I yes. don't know if you guys have heard of our cottage Forgot meetings. Forgot about, yes. yes. <laughs> Liz has hosted cottage meetings for a while and she absolutely loves them. Everybody that goes to our cottage meetings comes out at the end very, very well knowledgeable about our founding and they have this firm foundation that they can stand in when yes. they're speaking about difficult topics such as CRT or even homeschooling, because that can yeah. be a difficult topic sometimes to, to mm -hmm. talk with people. But we're doing um, cottage meetings for kids through our Liberty Kids Club. And we teach those every Saturday. So great. And it's, it's a lot of fun. They're very interactive with the kids. And we teach them the mm -hmm. foundations of faith, family, and freedom. So if you guys are interested in that, uh, let us know. We'll give y'all a little. Yes. Break. Oh, yes. No, we said we were capping yeah. it. I, I love y'all. <laughs> yes. Oh, Lord. I, so right <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Yes. There's so Moms for America has so many good um, web, um, resources. So. Yeah check them out. Um, any, any other we thoughts? About, yeah, we got about two we, more minutes. So if you guys have yes. any other questions. Yes. Or ideas for future webinars. It's been fun getting to know Allie. How do we share or replay this? Um, so, I, see, do you want to answer that? Can you answer that or no? If not, I probably can. Uh, you can answer that. It's, that's under your umbrella. Do you send out an email blast or do you put that? I'm not sure what you do on your side. I usually wasn't, it wasn't usually me to do it, but oh. yeah, we can definitely send it out yeah. after, after it's done for sure. We can send okay. you a copy. Yeah. I'm, I and thought it would be up on the website as well. Yes. Right? I okay. think these are going to be posted. Um, Might be about a week. Yeah, our duty. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> our web yeah. analyst. She's our web creator and it takes her a little bit. She's got a lot of her yes. place. Yes. Any, any other thoughts as to future things you would like to um, address? There should be a questionnaire. There was a questionnaire sent out um, and I'm not sure what happened to that. Yes, we can resend that. Um, and I think we have everybody's contact info so we can send out that questionnaire and send out these links. Um, any further thoughts? Thank you all. This has been wonderful. Yeah. Thank you guys really. so much for joining us today. Yes. And we look forward to seeing you next month. Yes, uh, and spread made, the word. Yes, I don't know. We're working on it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, and it was it was a pleasure getting on with you guys and, and telling a little bit of my story. So you guys yes, know. thank you very much for doing that, Allie. It meant a lot. It was helpful. All right. Well, thank you all. Thank you, Z. Thanks for. You're so very welcome. All right. All right. We see you guys next time. All right. Bye-bye. Have a blessed day, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.